Ready? Ready. Okay. Hey, Brenton. Good to have you on the podcast. Hey, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So uh, could you please tell our, our audience what you're all about, what you're working on, and so on and so forth? Sure. Uh, my name is Brandon Ferris. Pretty easy. I go by I'm Brandon Ferris on literally everything. Uh, I do comedy videos for the most part. So across YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, short form, long form, I just do comedy. Um, and honestly, that's what I'm working on, just trying to build that, um, focusing on that mainly, and then hoping it'll grow into something bigger from there, but trying to keep a singular focus for now. Um, so, so what I find like really, really fascinating about your story is that, um, that you're like really having an omni-channel approach. Like y you can be seen everywhere and you blew up on TikTok and so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, like, like how do you approach social media? Because like to, uh, to our conversation, like a lot of entrepreneurs are listening to this a lot of creators people who want to get into comedy who want to build a brand and uh yeah basically very ambitious people so uh yeah please speak a little bit about that i agree it's it's definitely ambitious um i think it it has a little to do with you know luck in the beginning but the rest is it's business like i i i started on youtube 2011 and i was doing videos for eight nine years and uh, how, how much were you uploading back then and and did, did you have like a like like a real vision of okay like i want to be this youtube guy with millions of views because like i think a lot of people they don't think that big initially and mm -hmm. um like like how were you thinking about like content creation and so on and so forth and yeah i i started doing music so i was a musician uh -huh professionally so I was doing I was doing guitar uploads at the time and then I, I switched it into comedy because I've always done comedy so when I started uh, doing the more comedic videos it was three times a week and it was Monday Wednesday Friday I, I would just do that I didn't know what I was doing but the goal was obviously to make enough money on YouTube to be able to be a YouTuber I mean that's everyone's goal you know young person is to be a YouTuber make money making videos so I did that for a while. I was doing the, the daily content. And then if, if you don't focus on it and, and you don't really have your mind set on your goals long term, it's easy to kind of like slowly go off course. And that's kind of what I did. Um, I stopped doing videos a bit and went into, you know, just getting a job. And my goal was to become an actor. I wanted I wanted to be bigger oh. than youtube at the time so i i decided i wanted to move to la uh take on acting classes with ivana chubbuck and do um, improv classes at ucb and i i purposely became homeless living in my car doing all that and purposely come on <laughs> purposely i was like it's either she, it's she either, has a story with us <laughs> I, I lived in <laughs> Sacramento, so I live in Sacramento yeah. currently, but um, moving down to L.A., I was like, I don't I don't have enough money to live in L.A., and I knew yeah. that, and so I had, I had my car, and I was like, I'm just going to go down there uh, just to get there, because I knew if I didn't, 
if I waited for a plan, like the perfect plan, I wouldn't do it. I would just wouldn't make mm-hmm. the move. So I'm really big on if you have the idea, take the action, figure it out later. Yeah. So and and by the way, brother, I think this is like a great takeaway for everyone who is listening to this because um I was like asked on a on an interview like a week or two ago, like basically what would be my advice for someone who is quote unquote scared of like starting a business or creating content. And I was like, Man, like if you are scared and you're 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 too scared to start a business, like don't even think about starting a business. Like <laughs> Because like you have to be all in. Like if if you if you're like uh, thinking about oh yeah what might be the consequences and what are my parents um, what be what what my 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 parents might think or my social circle might think I think you are done. Like um, obviously we all have those fears. Obviously we are all thinking about those things. But um, I think you just have to get over it because like what I really love about your story was like okay you you basically knew that you had to live in your car and you said like fuck it i want to be an actor anyway so uh yeah i think yeah. it's a great takeaway for everyone who's listening to this i agree i think it gets harder it doesn't get easier after yeah. making the, the first jump <laughs> Probably, yeah. so if you're scared to make the first jump and you're crippled by that fear then it, you're probably not don't even make start it. yeah you, know, you, you gotta want it more than anything so yeah. that was that was my whole mentality um, even being raised that way, if I want something, you you got to do the necessary actions to get there. You can't just hope that it's going to happen. So and, and you were like very popular as a kid, and so on and so forth. So maybe you you also share that part of your life. So, um, uh, which part? Ah, uh, a, a bit of your childhood. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was actually raised in the church. Pretty pretty tight into like the church setting my every guy in my family is either a pastor youth pastor oh so i my dad was a youth pastor my mom was music director which i took more of the music side instead of the youth pastor side but <laughs> so i was raised in that uh my grandpa still does it um my other grandpa who passed away a couple years ago he was doing it my uncles do it so as a kid um that's all i that's all i knew it wasn't we live by pretty strict rules so uh, you can't watch certain movies you can't listen to any music that's non-secular um the dress no rap no (laughs) hip-hop no rap no hip-hop eminem didn't come till later (laughs) yeah (laughs) got it (laughs) so i was pretty sheltered (laughs) quite a bit as a kid um I couldn't even do the things where you would make friends, like you know, playing sports. I wasn't allowed to do sports. Oh, uh, seriously? Okay, got yeah. it. So I, very, I very strict. Go, very strict. I couldn't go as far as wearing shorts, so I couldn't play basketball because they made you wear shorts. So we weren't allowed to wear shorts or sleepless basketball okay. attire. So, well, what was the religion of your of your of your family, or what is it? Apostolic, so Christian. Ah. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. So, doing that, I didn't really, I didn't really grow up like normal kids in school, being able to go do certain things. Couldn't go to the movies with them, things like that. So it was, it was basically whatever you could do in the church with the church people, you could do that. So, I, like, I had a, <clears throat> I was in the youth group even as a young kid because my parents were the youth pastors. So 
all I would do is, my dad said, from a young age, I would just watch these movies. And then whenever I'd get into a social situation, if I was four or five years old, I would take quotes from movies and I would just say them at the time that they would be funny. He's like, you've just always done that. So I, I was always entertaining people. I was probably super annoying as a kid, but I knew I could hone that. Um, but yeah, growing up, it, the whole mentality, even though it was strict, my dad and my mom were like, if there's anything you want to do, you just, you could put it, do anything you put your mind to as long as you work for it. So I, I kind of grew up with a really great mentality and it wasn't, go ahead. Uh, and 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 because I was just thinking about like I I have like a couple of friends who had like a very very strict upbringing, and I'm thinking about like one particular uh, particular guy um, that I'm still friends with, um, who really like after he left home and after he like did his own thing, like he like basically like became like a super rebellious type person, like very, very rebellious. So um, like, how did that shape you? Because I think like a lot of people who had like very, very strict parents, they end up really resenting their parents and like maybe like five or 10 years later, they then meant the relationships and so on and so forth. So, so uh, yeah, please continue with your story. And uh, yeah, that's perfect. I, I, I think, yeah, you can either take it one of different ways. I think it, it's really not what happens, but like the meaning you attach to what happens. Mm-hmm. And perfect example of that is me and my sister. I have one older sister, and she was the rebellious one. I mean, oh, okay. most immediately she was, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to cut my hair, which we weren't allowed to do. I'm going to get <laughs> tattoos, piercings, not allowed to do, wear makeup, not allowed to do. Yeah. And she would do that just to get a reaction. So she's she's that type of person yeah and i'm 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 very respectful even of my parents of my grandparents um so around when i was 16 or so is when my mom and dad kind of heard of um the secret i don't know if you've read or watched the movies about the secret yeah I had uh, one of the, 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 the actors from the movie on the podcast, Joe Vitale. Um, I had him like awesome. two months Thank ago on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love him. Um, Great guy. And that, yeah. I think that's the, the breaking point with kind of my family was starting to watch the secret, which goes against pretty much everything we grew up believing and kind of got into that mindset, which it's, I, I don't suggest it as truth for people but i suggest it as a great jumping off point to learn Mm. the secret because i don't that's not the end all be all there's so much more after that you need to learn yeah Um, (laughs) true but i mean after after watching the movie and reading the books i kind of shifted and i was like like i want to i want to do these things and so I, I need I know I need to build my mindset for them. And at that point, my family, um, my mom and dad got a divorce. I I was playing music at the time. I was I think I was 16 when I decided I wanted to be professional. And that came out of um, I, I played a little something for one of my sister's friends. And they just they made fun of me pretty hard. And I'm very competitive in the sense that 
that's my why. Mm. And if you have a strong enough why, you can achieve almost anything. And I had a pretty strong why uh, to become really good at guitar. And I was really laid into it because I knew if I wanted to go to college, which I did, music college, wanted to go to Berkeley. Mm. And I was 16 just starting. I knew I had to put in a lot of work if I were to even apply and get accepted. So I, I convinced my mom, put me in homeschooling, and I knocked it out, knocked out high school. I'd wake up at four in the morning and just finish it. Oh, and then, okay. So you were like very serious about it. I was serious. I was like, I need to put all my focus on guitar. So school needs to be done with. So <laughs> once I got that out of the way, I, you know, I pushed friends to the side from 16 all the way to 19. And I practiced 16 hours a day, eight minimum for three years. And I would wake up at 4 a.m., go to bed at 10. And I did that consistently. And I was but, like, but that's the was it like, but, but did it because I think like a lot of people that are like very, very hardworking, I think for them, it's almost like fun. Like, for instance, mm -hmm. like um, I'm currently writing like a lot of blog posts. And I don't do it because I make money doing it. Like it's for me, it's like completely a waste of time. But um, I really enjoy writing. So for me, it's no problem to like edit things like for a whole weekend and stuff. So was yeah. it for you like fun and and enjoyable, or was it like did it feel like you were like really sacrificing and um, it was it like very very like like a, a kind of like struggling and and kind of like toil and and they, how, how was it for you back then i think i think I somewhat maybe have both a martyr, probably yeah i kind of have a martyr syndrome where i'm like if i want to achieve something i have to endure pain and suffering <laughs> okay, <got it. laughs> and so at, at some level and i think you could probably feel this on the same level we have we have these end goals we know what we want to achieve that nobody else really sees They just yeah. see the action. They see the constant True. blog post, the writing, and they're like, what are you doing? That's too much. And you're like, no, <laughs> this is going to get me here. You don't see this. So I think I understand that 100%. Yeah. I, at the time, I was like, there's not enough hours in the day. So I started waking up at 3 a.m. And my body physically couldn't do it. I, I couldn't handle it. It just was too taxing. And I would fall asleep during practice, which isn't good for yeah. you so <laughs> not at all i would say not at all i i think yeah. it's a lot to do with i enjoyed it but i i enjoyed it sometimes there was a lot of times i'd wake up and you want to go back to sleep because it's four in the morning it's cold it's dark no one's awake for you know five six hours i'd i'd wake up to start practicing when my sister would come home to go to sleep uh -huh. so i Sometimes I didn't like it, but I had an end goal and a strong enough why. So yeah. it put me in the chair to practice. And and I think um, for everyone who is listening to this, I, I always tell my listeners, like, you have to be irrational, uh, like, really, really passionate to a point where it's basically irrational to eventually make it. Because um, I think that I, I nearly uh, recorded like 400 interviews. I have like a German podcast as well. And um, talking to so, so many people, having so, so many friends who created businesses, became YouTubers, became like popular on Instagram or something. Um, 
uh, yeah, maybe almost all of them. Like it was like a journey of putting in like five years or even ten years or twenty years into like eventually having success. So I think that um, there are a very very tiny few percentage of people who make it after like one or two years and like i'm super happy for everyone who 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 made it like in one or two years but i think um you have to like really have a big passion for your goal or for your vision because i else i don't think you will stick with it long enough so um i think if if it's uh, if you have basically the mentality of of like yeah it would be nice to have to to have a youtube channel or it would be nice to have to to have like a business and make a couple grand per month or something like i think it probably won't happen so uh yeah yeah i i think and I think once you've done it, you can see the people who are going to do it. And oh, yeah, definitely. That's a great, that's one beautiful thing that I pulled out of, you know, the hard work I put in. Because it's so easy to see who's going to be successful just by how they're speaking. So if someone comes up to me and they're like, uh, what do I got to do? I want to be a YouTuber. I want to, my answer is always yeah. the same. You just got to yeah. start. Upload one today. No one's going to yeah. watch it. No one's going to watch you for two years. Just upload to practice. And yeah. if their response is, it's always usually, well, I'm going to wait till I get a better camera. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> see ya, man. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's probably not in the cards for you then, unless you seriously change your mindset about it. But I, I, I love what you said because I think it's so true. Um, you can really, uh, I think the word might be like sincerity. Like you can really here's the sincerity of the of the of the per person who is asking the question like is there like really serious about like starting a business like for instance if someone asked me like oh yeah like how to make money and uh what kind of business should i jump in or what kind of books should i i instantly knew they're like just trying to make a conversation like it's basically just chit chat but but if someone That's is like hey dude dude I've started to do this business. I was running Facebook ads. I've pitched clients via email. I've done this. I've done that. I'm still struggling. I'm making no money. Like, what would be your advice? Then I might give him a little bit of advice because I know he's serious. Like, he's actually in the trenches. He's actually doing work. He's He, he really wants to, to get somewhere. But I think the person who is like, oh, yeah, like, Tell me, like, how should I make money? Like, come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask that question. Like, yeah, I'm serious. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree. I think I never thought of it that way, that they're probably just creating conversation. But I always take yeah. it as, like, they're <laughs> genuinely trying. But I, I do get it a lot. You get, I mean, that's the number one comment. If you have a successful YouTube is, uh, I'm thinking about starting YouTube. <laughs> like, you've already, you've already failed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I agree. I, I'm I'm so willing to help people and I love it. I mean, my, yeah. my heart is in helping. And even where I'm at compared to where I was, I helped the same with the resources I had, with the resources. And I I feel like I have knowledge to get people to this place. I don't think I'm here by luck at all. Yeah, I don't think. Not, not. I don't think I have the success I have because of luck. So when someone asks me, I think I look back at what I did and I'm kind of a little more harsh on people because before I would approach someone that's in my position 
and I was in their position, I would have, I would have uploaded daily for four years. I would have used, you know, my whatever camera I had just to get good. And I would have, I would have tried and tried and tried and read all the books. And, and so I, I kind of expect that out of people if they want, you know, because the knowledge I'm going to give you is you need to have done it in order to go from here kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I wish more people knew that, but I think it's just, they, they want this thing, but they don't know why. So it's not really their goal. It just sounds good. Mm. So I think if, if people, (laughs) I would just say if people got more clear on what they wanted goals wise, they'd probably be a little more successful in that and and uh i'll i'll always like to tell people like look like maybe it sounds negative but i could like motivate you into starting your business i could motivate you into like starting a podcast i could be like look like you can like do this thing and execute these steps and do this for a couple of months or a couple of years and this will happen but um what i found out is that like motivation is really short-lived like i can give you like a nice like hey, yeah, I will conquer the world type of feeling. And it's gone by dinner time or it's gone in a week or something. And I think um, what you need is like internal motivation. Like you, if, if someone, I, I think if someone enjoys motivation, like it's not my thing if someone enjoys it, fine. But I think it's really short-lived. And if you are like, you have to have like a certain level of internal desire or internal seriousness or internal internal hunger to really like go after it or else like, like, like I see it with, with countless of individuals who made like hundreds of millions and, and they're still working hard because they have this hunger, they have this drive, they love creating businesses, they love scaling their businesses, they love expanding their businesses. So um, I think even on a smaller scale, like if you want to make seven figures, six figures, it doesn't matter. Like you need to have like a sufficient level of desire. Like uh, I think it's all about that. I can clearly see it in your story. Like, man, come on, like <laughs> practicing for hours and hours on end, driving to LA, producing content every day. Like, come on, like you sound like a madman. Like <laughs> you will want it. So uh. yeah, I think I took it way too far. And I think I do take things <laughs> too far. And I don't like the, I don't want my story to be discouraging to people because at some level I do have to check myself and see what privileges have I had growing up in my childhood? What privileges do I have now? Um, such as I, I don't have, I do now, but I didn't have children then. You know, I was living with my mom when I was practicing 16 hours a day. I didn't have bills. So I was privileged in that. And I had the opportunities. But after doing that, um, you know, I, I kind of found out that music was more was more for me than it was that I wanted to share with the world. And that's a hard realization when you've given, you know, the last 10 years of yourself to this craft and you're good at it and you're you're able to make a living from it. And to completely say, I'm not gonna do that. I'm I'm going to pursue comedy. Mm. And that's that was a hard switch for me. Not in the sense of like, oh, what if I don't make it? Because I, I knew I was funny. I've always been 
I've always had that no matter what. Music was more built and evolved and comedy was always there. So even doing live shows in between the songs, talking to people, I would do comedy. And that's the part I enjoyed the most. So I really had to step back and see, like, what do I really want? I want to entertain people. And I can do that with guitar and I can do that with comedy. But what do I get the most fulfillment out of? And mm. it just came down to it. I was like, I just want to, I just want to make people laugh. Like, that's, yeah. that's all I want to do. So I, I had to make the hard decision. To, and same mindset as playing guitar. And I cut it completely. And I stopped playing and um a lot of people are very quick to say you need to you know keep that skill and my whole mindset is no i need to build my business and Mm. i need to have full focus on it i can't practice three hours a day on guitar anymore 12 hours a day I, i need every hour because i'm not successful yet so i think going into um i was working a job at a restaurant. I was 20, 22, I believe, 22, 23. And I moved, I moved down, I transferred jobs. There was the same restaurant, transferred to LA and just slept in my car for the first night. I drove down to LA and I I didn't know where to park, what to do. And slept in my car and it was the scariest night of my life. But I did it. And then immediately went to work. And so my goal was, instead of spending all the money that I'd make from my full-time job on you know, living expenses, rent, and just to get by, I would forego that, live in my car, sacrifice everything, literally sell everything to my name except a pillow and blanket, and, and take that money and invest it in myself, and invest in the acting mm-hmm. school, invest in the 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 improv school. And so that's what I did. I, I went through the improv, which I love. Um, that's what all my videos are now. Nothing is ever scripted. It's what I'm filming is that's it. So if I laugh, it's because it's the first time I'm hearing this joke too. So I knew I needed that. And then my goal was still to do acting, be in big movies and, and, at that time I was I was so I was really lonely because you know you'd work I'd work until three because I, I did early morning shift, six to three. Mm-hmm. And so if they didn't let me stay overtime, you get out LA heat, three in the afternoon, and sit in your car until the next morning. And oh man. Shit. <laughs> did you had, like even had like Wi Fi or something? Like <laughs> I, um, I you, I'm really proud. Like I, I still say, I wish I could go back to be homeless, because the ingenuity you need, um, and the resourcefulness that you you come up with out of nothing, mm. is just. I love. I thrive on that. So I, I, I worked. Luckily, next to it was like this big plaza, which had um, covered parking, and so from where I worked, I would just drive a minute to Barnes and Noble, which was connected to a crunch fitness gym. So I ended up somehow haggling with my manager at my job about getting the employees free memberships at crunch fitness since we're in the same thing. 
So I got a free membership at Crunch Fitness. Um, so I would go in there, I'd work out because um, you're sitting all day in a car. I was like, I need to get my body. I need to get the juices flowing. Got to get my blood pumping a little bit. And then I would use that for my showers. Um, but for the most part, I learned to do everything out of the car. So I learned to, you know, black out the windows with curtains. I had a, like, I ended up sleeping in the same spot for over a year and a half, two years, um, off and on. And it was a hotel parking lot where they would monitor it, but I was never caught that I was sleeping in my car. So, um, I would wake up, put on my clothes in my car, get ready, drive to work, brush my teeth, do my hair at work. So I'd show up early to work and do all that stuff there. Free coffee, of course. So I had a really good <laughs> at <relationship>. least, at least. <laughs> I was, I was good. There were some times where, you know, I wouldn't come in till later, you know, eight, and I would, I'd take those days and. I would still come in at six. I'd come in at six and I'd sit at the table because um, they don't open till 11. So I could sit out there as long as I wanted. And I, I had a journal. It's a daily planner. Mm. And I'd say the secret to any of my success is the planner, the daily planner, because I had, I had one goal and that was it. And that's all I had. And every day I'd write it down and I'd say, what three things can I do today? to get me even one step closer to this goal, you know, I take action on that. And I would do that two or three times a day. Sometimes you get so bored, you just come back to it. So I had, uh, at that point I had $12,000. And, and by the way, I have to, I have to tell you like, man, like, thank you so much for your vulnerability and being so open with your story. Like, man, like, because Please, I, please continue with your story. But I, I was just thinking because I have I've shared my story a million times already, so I don't want to bore my list our listeners right now. But uh, like I have been broker than broke, and I think that people who didn't have like thousands of dollars in debt then um, had like real money struggles or problems, I think they can't relate to like how much guilt and how much shame is also involved in um, having no money. Like I was like, man, like when I was thinking about my dates back then, like what kind of stuff uh, I was telling them, because like I was so ashamed and basically it would try like every way to frame the situation like differently. So um, yeah, maybe you could please continue with your story and also share that side with us because i think this is like actually like the biggest problem i think that um actually not being able to pay your bills is one thing i think like actually not being able to like travel or eat out at restaurants or not being able to like buy fancy clothes i think this is like one thing but i think that like the voice that we have here i think um this is like a lot more terrifying actually so uh yeah maybe you could speak to that yeah i i'm i'm so terrified of speaking about money because um like nowadays i'll look i'll look on like tiktok and i love reading comments so you know you you see a post about money and then you read the comments yeah. and and i don't agree with a lot of what i see but i'm like i religion money 
and politics are three things you're rarely going to change someone's mind on. So uh, I, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so I, people I, are really stuck in their ways. I agree, and I avoid it. I avoid oh, it. Okay. I don't talk about religion. I don't, unless it will connect us in a way. Mm. I won't talk about it. I won't talk about money. I won't talk about politics. But I think in this sense, I can tell my story, and if someone relates to it, then okay, good. Um, so at this point I, I was, I've been in LA for maybe nine, 10 months. I can't afford the, the $400 class for improv. I can't afford the $400 class for acting anymore. I can't because at this point I have $12,000 in debt and the kind of debt where it's credit card debt and paying off my car. But the credit card debt was at the point to where the minimum payment's at $300 a month. So you're not paying it off. Mm. You're just, you're paying interest every month. So I I had like a really, really, well, if you have a lot of free time and you're lonely, you, you tend to, you know, look into yourself a lot more. And I just had to be real with myself and say, I don't understand money like I think I do. And I have, I have some kind of hang up about money. Otherwise, I'd have it. So, mm-hmm. powerful, I, I would say. Yeah, I'm. I, I don't pride myself on many things, but I pride myself on checking myself and seeing where where I may be wrong in things Honestly. that I believe are true. And I always thought growing up, I was like, I'm good with money because I, I was told I'm good with money. And then looking looking at your situation, my actions didn't match that at all. So my only goal was to be financially free. And so I wrote down what that meant to me um, to pay off all my debt, to you know make money doing comedy. And I wrote it down. And my goal was to be financially free by December 23rd, 2018. And so I'd write that every morning. I'd highlight it. And then I went and by the, the way, I think you you've 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 shared like a screenshot of being like over ten thousand dollars in debt and in 2017, right? Yeah, I I started it off as a blog, yeah. which I didn't keep up with. Um, I could have used you for the writing. I'm I'm not too good at <laughs> the writing. <aspect. laughs> I started it off, and I was like, I need I need social accountability because yeah. I. I, I saw what I was doing and I, I'd put coffee on credit cards and I was like, I can't be doing, I, I'd be afraid that my, <laughs> my credit card would decline because I was charging coffee on it, $2. Yeah. So I, I was like, I, I need everyone to know, hold me accountable. And I did post, I was. I and and was, by the way, you are probably like fucking terrified right like you were like oh man can i really post this yeah. or how, how was your internal dialogue back then like <laughs> well back then um few people knew i was homeless i was open about it um, oh okay yeah i was i was pretty open um i and it's also a social construct you don't it doesn't matter how confident you are you don't really want people to know that you're bad with money you're broke yeah true Especially when I'm lonely, you know, and 
you want friends and you want to do these things, but you can't, you can't go out and you can't say yeah. I can't. And I don't take money from other people. Like in the sense of, Hey, I can't afford to go out to eat with you guys. Will you pay for me? I would never ever. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think I, my breaking point was I was $300 in debt. So my account was overdrafted $300 and I have credit card payments of upwards of $900 a month coming in just interest payments, not including my car. So I was scared that I wouldn't even be able to afford to live in my car. When you get to the point to where you think you can't even afford to be homeless, that's a scary (laughs) time. And I'm working full time. I'm working full time and I'm like, it goes somewhere. Where is it going? Mm -hmm. So I started a series. I was like, I'm going to be accountable. I'm going to start a series. And I called it, I'm going to make it. So that was kind of like my return to YouTube after, you know, five, six years of not uploading. I came back and it was just these long form. I, I didn't have the, I was using an iPhone 6 at the time where iPhone 8s were out. And I was uploading on that. I couldn't edit because if you, you edit the video, it wouldn't upload because uh, the Wi-Fi was so bad. So I was like, it's got to be one take. <laughs> and I was like, this is Man, the idea. No story. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to make it. And this is uh, in the first episode. I said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to vlog my way to success. And you're going to watch. And I showed in the video or I said in the video, I'm $300 overdrafted, $12,000 in debt. And I don't think anyone's ever done it. I've never seen someone vlog their way to success, explain their steps. Uh And you get to watch this person go from can't afford homeless to success. So that was the idea. And so I kept that in my mind. And eventually, I think after seven or eight episodes of that daily, I stopped because I it, they wouldn't upload. Like I would film it. And then the Wi-Fi is so bad that I would sit in the parking lot for six hours after work, just refreshing okay. so it would upload and then it would fail. And so I was like, these 19 minute long videos of me doing this aren't working. So um, the first step I did was uh, something I took out of my favorite book of all time, The Compound Effect. Um, and it's to write down everything. I already like the title because The Compound Effect is very, very powerful. Like one of the most powerful things to understand. So, but please, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's. That is probably the thing I live by. Yes. And if I could Me get too. my success to anything, it's a compound effect. And for yeah. people to understand that. So I wrote down everything for a month, every penny. If I dropped a penny and I decided not to pick that penny up, I had to pull out my phone, write it down up to uh, things that automatically got pulled out, credit card, things like that. And so at the end of the month, I would review it. And it's scary when you actually look at what you're paying for, um, there's some things being pulled out of my account that I don't even remember. $12, $13 a month subscriptions here. And at that time, I don't do it anymore, but uh, I used to go to this hookah place 
Um, and the only reason I went is because they had good Wi-Fi, nice couches, and a TV, and air conditioning. Like, Sounds good, huh? <laughs> this is good. I'm, it's too hot to sit outside, and I would do all my editing in there. Oh, um, I, would, I looked, and I was like, I'm spending $60 a week here, and I'm like, I can't afford that. Like, there's no reason it should go to this. So I stopped doing that. I cut it down. I realized I'm spending, you know, I'm spending $60 a month on coffee. So I bought um, a little thing that you plug into your car and it boils water for you. I bought instant coffee, you know, $5 for a giant instant coffee jar. And then the creamers at Walmart. So maybe for $7, I could make coffee for two and a half weeks or just go to Starbucks and ask for a cup of hot water and then make my own. Got it. So on days off or when I was filming, I made my own coffee. And, and while doing this, any money that I saved, I took that amount and I put it towards my bills. Mm. So my goal was to pay off my car first. And so if I saved, you know, $27 a month from coffee Mm. and now I owe $27 a month on top of what my payment is for my car. So that's what I was doing. Um, And I I love that subject so much. I could talk about it all day, but I will continue. (laughs) Um, And so I was, I was tackling all my debt um, and I realized I can't do it with what I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid full-time. I'm getting paid $12, $13 an hour, um, doing as much overtime. So I shifted my focus from saving to making more. And I love this for Jack. Please continue in a second. But uh, I, I just wanted to add, like, I think that, if, uh, like, yes, there's a time and place to save, especially if you don't have money. Like, save everything you can. But I think at a point you have to realize that, yes, saving has, like, a ceiling and, like, there you can basically earn quote unquote unlimited amounts of money so um i think that at a point you have to make the switch of like okay like it's really about like earning more money so please continue with your story but uh yeah just wanted to throw this in i agree i think you can't save your way to financial freedom (laughs) it's a good sales pitch but uh, i I think it doesn't work like that (laughs) i agree i say you you need to Find the find the subscriptions, find the things you're not <laughs> that you're not actually using and cut those mm. things out. But yeah. the biggest Definitely. step is how can I get more onto the top line? Like I need more money coming in. Yes. So I knew at my job, I asked what was required for a pay raise. And I worked at a restaurant called Yard House, which I was fired from, but I won't I don't speak ill of the company. They they helped me more than any what anybody. What are they doing? Um, it I worked at this restaurant, but the managers were really ah, it's they the were restaurant. Restaurant. The managers were understanding of my situation, and they were super helpful. Um, so I worked as a I'd already you know been in the restaurant for two years, so I knew I knew the restaurant, and this one was new, so they trained new people. So. I came in right after opening, grand opening. 
So I was kind of an asset to the company because I knew what was what was required. What so I was kind of helping people. I was mm-hmm. a cheaply paid manager, and Got it. so <laughs> I I was really well trained in baking. Um, I was the baker, any prep, and then I did fry cooking and pizza, which were all these different stations that required multiple people. So they were struggling. You could uh, wear like multiple hats, so you were like very useful to them, probably. Yeah. So yeah. they took advantage of that, and I took advantage of them taking advantage. So they were like, "It's still busy. It's three o'clock. You're at your eight hours, but will you stay?" And I was like, "Time and a half, I will stay." I never yeah. said no to overtime once, and so I, I knew what was happening. And they came up to me and they said, "Well." In order to get a pay raise, you know a lot, but you have to pass the test on each station. So you have to know the recipes on grill, know the recipes on a saute, know the recipes on salads. And you just pass a written test. And I was like, good to know. So they gave they give us these um, like recipe books that have all the recipes for the restaurant. And I would I'd study everything in salads. I'd study the salads. I'd go to my car after after work and I would memorize the salads. What goes in it? What order? How do you make it? Mm. And then so I think within two and a half months I I tested on every single station and I took 50 cents, 50 cents, 50 cents. And I got all the pay raises that I could. But now oh. I know the entire restaurant. <laughs> so I so that kind of puts me in a weird spot. And, you know, it's business. So if, you know, around three o'clock when it dies down, they would send everyone home on the line and leave me and another person there to run five stations. Oh. And that's stressful because if it does get busy, you're running to make salads and then you're frying things. But you remember you have a pizza in the (laughs) oven. Come on, man. This sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) It's a nightmare. Restaurant work is a nightmare. And I was like, I, I I've worked like uh I've worked here in, in in Germany in my hometown like as a barkeeper like during school like when I was 16 or something and like it, it was so stressful like when like some people like are ordering beer and then I have to like go to coffee and then I have to like um like make orange juice and I think like man like I I have friends who are in the restaurant business like a uh, an old friend of mine he's like very very good and popular cooking in germany and um yeah like i have huge respect for everyone who is like working in the restaurant business like i it is it's, it, this is like a type of business or a job that i could never do like long term like because i think it's so stressful um yeah yeah well, more power to the people who can do it but yeah. even more power <laughs> to the people who are good at it yeah. i i was good at testing i I'm not a good cook. Like I don't I don't have the passion for it. I don't care for it. Yeah. I don't see I don't see things. It's like decorating. I don't see how a room could look good. I don't see how recipes could you taste good. You just basically go through the motions to like make an egg or uh, omelet or something, yeah. I know how to perfectly fry your fries. I know how to perfectly yeah. groom your steak <laughs> up to yard house standards, but I have no <laughs> preference on it myself. I follow the recipe book that I memorized. So (laughs) that was my asset. And 
it would get to the point to where I was working overtime by myself, you know, just holding the line. They would they'd be able to send five people home and save hundred plus dollars an hour. And mm. I'm you know, fourteen fifty now, they're able to keep one guy who can run three stations at a time. So probably um, felt like they were taking advantage of you, right? A little, yeah. I it was kind of a catch twenty two for me because I needed overtime. And if this was the way to do it, unfortunately I'd have to take it. So Okay, God. I did what I had to do doing that. And then it got to the point to where I started getting good at managing more than one station. Cause I just learned these. I'd never really done it. I never actually mm -hmm. did salads. I never actually did saute, but after, you know, they leave you alone for a while and you're put through a couple rushes by yourself, you get good. And I got to the point to where now I'm training other people. If, You know, I'm, I'm the main fry cook, but if a new pizza guy comes in, the manager is like, hey, I need you on pizza today, even though we have a pizza guy. So I, I felt good about that, that they trusted me enough to teach people. And mm. it got to the point to where, like, the manager of the building, like, he's over all of yard houses, all 80-something of them. He comes in and... He comes up to me and he says, you're really good. And we have this program called Travel Trainers where we open new restaurants, but we take we take one person for one station out of all 82 companies. And then we send them to this new open to train new hires. And so I was like, yeah, and I was like, what is it? He's basically uh, what we do. So we put you up in a hotel for two months. You work 16 hours a day. You get paid more. And um, you're there for two months straight. And you're teaching new people. And then you come back to your restaurant. And I was like, hotel? Sure. <laughs> so I heard that. And the only thing I heard was not living in my car. So <laughs> a dream come true, basically. It was a dream come true. And I was like, Yeah, because at that time, I'm not doing the classes. I'm not, I don't have anything tying me down to L.A. Mm. So my first open was in Carlsbad, uh, San Diego. And we opened a restaurant. And I, I still, to this day, it's the, it's the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I'll, n I'll never be that nervous again in my life. <laughs> Going into... Uh, a brand new restaurant it's not even built yet you're helping the people build it yeah and then you have to train these people you have two weeks to teach them the recipes teach them the way yard house wants things to be made and teach them this whole process before grand opening how and old were crazy. you back then like probably in your mid-20s as well right 24 like, 25 24 yeah mm -hmm. and it was stressful because i'm I'm good with teaching, but I'm not good with being assertive. And mm. they kind of, everyone took on a role. And it was people from all over the country. Um, some guy over here from Florida teaching saute. Some guy over here from Miami, <laughs> from, you know, someone from California, some from Washington. <laughs> so we don't know each other. So I, I don't really know my team. I'm teaching these new people. And I, I don't I don't understand what opening a restaurant entails. I've never done it. They just throw you yeah. in. 
and they put me on pizza. And it was like my least favorite. And I, I remember we the next day, you know, we have to train. So after 16 hours of work, we go home and we have to read through what we're doing the next day, plan out how we're going to do it. And it dawns on me the night before that we're going to start making pizzas for the first time. I never thought out dough. Like I didn't bring out dough to thaw. And I was like, why did I think that was someone else's job? And uh, so they're, yeah, they're very strict. They'll send you home for that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm stressing out. Um, I, I make friends with this guy who works the early shift and they, you know, eventually got in there at six in the morning. They were defrosting dough for me. It not to feed anyone. We would just make them to practice. So that was stressful. It's the most stressful time I've ever had, but I was making over double what I was making at the other place. And I was living in a a hotel. So I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to survive off of peanut butter bread, which I ate as my breakfast, lunch, and dinner (laughs) every day. It's the cheapest thing I could find peanut butter and bread. Like now they were getting can you, us can you still eat like peanut butter toast nowadays? So. <laughs> no, I, can't. I have a gluten intolerance. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I, I can't even eat bread anymore. So, while I was doing the travel training, I was making all this money, and a lot of people will buy watches. You know, they go out and they buy all this stuff. I live in a car, so I can't really buy anything. Um, I have no materialistic things except the books I'm reading and the pillow I lay on and the clothes I wear for work. So I don't have anything, so I don't buy anything. So every every bit of money I made went to paying off my debt. I paid off my car. I paid off multiple credit cards. And I think I cut my debt in half, down to $6,000 within a couple months, which seemed so far-fetched. And... I did. I I came back. I worked a bit, and then I went to D.C. Opened another restaurant as a travel trainer. Came back, and at that time, I decided I I'm just gonna. I'm bored. I'm just gonna make videos, and so I started doing these just comedy videos. Um, it started with, you know, what what it's like living in my car for a year, and it went from there. And if something happened at work. I right after work, I would film, go to the hookah place, edit, upload. And every single day, my goal was to edit a video. So something didn't happen at work. I would think of something, a sketch or something. I would film every day, no matter what. How many, uh, at how many subs were you at back then, like roughly? It was at 2,000 on my YouTube. But the thing was, those 2,000 were from when I did it previously five or six years ago ah, okay. got a shout out from, like basically like quote-unquote dead followers <laughs> it was dead it was uh it was pretty much dead one of my friends mm-hmm. who uh, was a huge youtuber in the beauty community uh she gave me a shout out on one of her videos and that's where i got the 2000 mm-hmm. and so i let it go and then i i was averaging 12 views like in its entirety, the video would get 12 views weeks and weeks and weeks. So yeah. I was uploading to 12 people, eight, nine people. Um, and nothing was really 
popping off, but my goal wasn't to pop off. It wasn't, I was bored. And I, I was like, I did a couple of them. And then I was like, I really enjoy this. And then once I, I had this interaction with a, a girl at work, which same thing as the guitar. If I have a strong enough why, I'm going to do something big. And, and it wasn't even a dig on her end. I, I, don't, I don't think she meant it in the way I took it. But I, I was like, take it when you get it. I was talking to this girl and she's like, yeah, I, I vlog. And I was like, oh, I actually started vlogging. And she's like, do you even have an interesting life? And I was like, <laughs> about to. <laughs> I'm Whatever. about to. <laughs> she didn't even know I was homeless at the time. So, oh, damn. I, I took that fuel. I took it as a, I'm very competitive. So I took it as a competition. And, and like, was okay. she popular at the time? or um, no. no. Well, more than me. She was getting more views than me. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe getting more yeah. views than me. Nine views. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I need, I need to study this. I need to know, like, why are people laughing? What's funny? So I just, I dug myself into YouTube, into books. Like, why are people laughing? What makes people laugh? Why am I doing this? And I came to the realization early on that I wanted to do it to separate people from their suffering. And suffering's a harsh word, but it's also accurate in many, many levels. I think someone who's stressed is suffering. Someone who's Absolutely. oppressed is suffering. Absolutely. And suffering is suffering. And I realized that's what I was doing for myself because I'm, I'm suffering. I'm I'm 24, 25. I live in my car. I'm broke. And, and brother, sorry to interrupt here, but but okay. um, please finish your train of thought. And uh, could you please also speak about like what were your family thinking about like, this whole situation, and maybe like friends that you had back then or that you had during this time period? And please finish your train of thought. Yeah, um, I my family's super supportive, so. Um, my mom's obviously worried. I live in LA, open to the public. It's dangerous. Um, my dad, we, at that time we weren't talking a lot, but he's always been supportive no matter what I do. Um, and I didn't have friends. Um, I was very, very focused on, you know, guitar and then doing this, that I, I didn't have close friends. So I didn't have a lot of people checking up on me. Um, I have one friend who's my girlfriend, my wife, as I like to call her. Um, she would check up on me always. Like mm -hmm. She's been my constant um, for eight years. So they were always super supportive because they knew I would be successful. Um, because I knew I was going to be successful. I just didn't know when. And so I, I'm, I'm just making these videos just for the sake of getting my mind off of the fact that I'm spending my birthday alone in a car for two years in a row. I'm spending Thanksgiving alone eating Denny's. Um, and, that, and that's tough. So I was like, I'm suffering, but I'm helping myself because if I'm focused on filming and then editing and then going to sleep and working and repeat, rinse, repeat, I'm not focused on what I don't have, my current situation. So I was doing the videos. Things happen at work. Um, I accidentally 
uh, while the cleaning ladies were cleaning on top of like the hoods and stuff, I accidentally turned the pizza oven on. And on top of the pizza oven is this hood. It's a very scary situation when the pizza oven's turned on and it's getting hot and you have to crawl on your belly to get out from underneath it. So I accidentally did that and I turned it off and I was freaking out. I apologize. She was upset. I made a video about it and it popped off like for me on Facebook. And I was like, because I was uploading Facebook and YouTube at the same time, but my focus is on YouTube. And then this video pops off on Facebook, two, 300,000 views. I'm like, mm. okay. And I was like, there's, there's something to this. So I'm just going to keep yeah. doing it. So I'm making all these videos. And then another one pops off where I'm, I'm complaining about one of my coworkers, not really complaining, but like in a, a sarcastic, funny way. Mm. And it's basically, it comes down to it. I'm, I'm just complaining about what's happening at work, but in a, a comedic way, it's not like my life's horrible. Okay. I got try it. to get yeah. people to realize yeah. that if I'm doing a rant, I don't really care about the situation. It's just funny. Mm -hmm. So I'm making these videos and there, there would be times it got to the point to where I would have 30 minutes for lunch. And I'm like, I have this idea. I have to film it now. I wouldn't, go, I wouldn't eat lunch. I would, I'd leave the restaurant and I'd go to my car and I'd film the video and I'd come back with minutes to spare and then work nine hours and not eat. And I was like, but I, I need it. I can't sit on this idea for nine hours. So I was doing it like that. Well, I'm very passionate about it, basically. <laughs> I was excited. I saw, yeah. I saw a little bit of growth. Oh, yeah. and, and I was like, I'm on top of the world. Like I'm gonna go travel train. I'm gonna pay off the rest of my debt. I'm making I'm making videos that are getting, you know, twenty thousand views on Facebook. YouTube still cool. nine ten views. No one's watching on YouTube. And then the guy who I, I don't know what his title is, HR for the entire company. If he comes in, you're in trouble. He comes in, <laughs> and. He's on one of your videos. Or <laughs> he, he comes in, he says, we need to sit down and have a talk. I was like, okay. and it was the, it was the video where I left for lunch. Mm -hmm. It was the burning the cleaning lady, what I called it. And I, I was wearing my uniform still in the video. Oh, I didn't shit. even have time yeah. to take the uniform off. Okay. Like, like they, they probably think that's a bad association, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, so higher ups in the, in the company saw it and they're, they mm. contacted him, they contacted me and he's like, Hey, we're going to have to send you home right now. Oh. And I was like, okay. He said, we'll get back to you over the weekend. This was in August, end of August around the 22nd, 23rd. Mm. They send me home and he's like, we'll, we'll contact you. We need to talk about it. And so I, the whole weekend I'm, I'm without a job. I'm just sitting in my car. I'm, I'm making videos, but as, as much as you can with the, the looming, I'm about to get fired hanging over. Yeah. Here. So he calls me the day before I'm supposed to come in and he's like, Hey, this is what I can do. You can come back. 
but I need you to delete all your videos. Oh. I said, is this my ultimatum? And you were like, no way. <laughs> yeah. I was no like, no way, man. <laughs> I stayed up told him. I said, you guys have helped me so much, and I, I can't be more appreciative. But I, I no, I'm not going to delete the videos. And he said, all right, all right I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and then I go in tomorrow, and he's like, you, you know. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, we want to make this as cordial as possible. It's like, let me just go say bye to everybody real quick. And terminated. Yeah. I, I say goodbye to everyone. And I'm very grateful to the company. I even tell them, I'm like, hey, can I come back in just to, you know, eat, to see you guys? I have no hard feelings. I get your decision. So we're, we left on good terms. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm now homeless in L.A., no job still have debt coming in and i'm like this is the bottom of the barrel i was like what do i i was like i don't want to just get another job another job's going to pay me ten dollars eleven dollars an hour and i was terrified that's i think the most fear i felt in helplessness was where do i go from here like why why now that my videos are popping off i'm not getting paid to do videos at all mm. I'm I'm putting more money in than I'm making. So I I call my friend, Gloria, my girlfriend now, and she's like, come up here, stay with me for a bit till you get back on your feet. And I think that's probably the turning and, and point. And how how were you how were you like um because you basically had like a long term relation uh like long distance relationship, right? With with your now wife or it was more of friendship. She was going through a divorce. Oh, okay. We were really close friends. Mm -hmm. And so we, yeah. we were with each other all throughout. You know, I met her when she was pregnant with our daughter. Mm -hmm. I call her my daughter. And up until, you know, this point, and she says, just come stay with me for a bit. And I'm freaking out. I, I still live in my car. I, uh, it came up there. And I'm still living in my car. And to be respectful of the family, of her household. And, and they would feed me, you know, help me. But I didn't get a job. And then some of the people on Facebook were I'm OGs, as I call them. They, they've been there since the beginning. Or like, start a GoFundMe. Do, do a Patreon. We would love to support you. Just keep making videos. And that's the hardest thing for me to do is ask for money. But I got down to the to the wire to where I was like, guys, like my I have a three hundred dollar credit card payment due in three days, and I have fifteen dollars to my name. And I'm like, I have to pay this bill. Like I'm not gonna not pay this bill. It's gonna happen. So I visualized it, and. I, I visualized it as paid and I was good. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I set up a GoFundMe and I think I got four or $500. And that paid for the, the credit card and I, I was blown away, absolutely blown away. And I was like, I'm gonna just keep doing it. Just keep making videos. I'm not gonna go get a job. And I, I was risking a lot because you're you're banking on other people's money. And that's not who I am. That's not what I am. And so I was like, I got to make this happen. 
and I, I visualized it. I knew what I wanted. I've known what I wanted. And I, I was making videos. And one day my mom calls and she had an idea for a video. And I, I was supposed to go watch my, my girlfriend go perform improv. Um, she was doing full-time improv at that point. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay home. Do you mind if I stay home? She's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll watch the baby. She's watching TV. The baby's watching TV. I go in her room and I do this video learning how to knit. And I'm following a tutorial on how to knit. And I, I did that on Facebook. I didn't. I stopped uploading to YouTube because no one was watching over there. I'm just focused on Facebook. I did this knitting video I and I uploaded it on a Sunday, 8 in the morning. And my videos get 15,000 views, maybe 10, 15,000. And by noon, it was at 50,000 views. And I was like, what's happening? Yeah. And then by two is at 200,000. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, now we're talking. I was like, what's happening? And by the time my girlfriend, you know, came back from working, the video is at 500,000 views. The most I've ever had. Like it surpassed any video. And I'm freaking out. I'm like, what's happening? I'm, I'm excited about it. And I, it was at that point to where I had so much that I had to pay uh, coming up next month. And I was like, this is great, but how's it going to pay my bills? And I just felt like, just keep doing it. And so by the end of the day, it reached a million views, which was my was my goal from the start. I just want a million views on a video. Man, and now you're averaging like five million or something on YouTube. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> Hindsight, yeah. <laughs> I, w I was beyond beyond excited. I made I made videos celebrating it. I was super excited, and then Facebook reaches out to me uh, on the page. Facebook. Yeah, that only I can see, and they're like do you want to monetize your page? Yeah. And I was like, it didn't make sense to me. Like to make money, I've never made money from my video, so I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And it was all new to me. And I was mm -hmm. like, sure, I signed up for it that day. And, you know, got my got my bank account set up. And I was like, cool. Now I can at least make a couple couple dollars from it. And that video ended up making six thousand dollars exactly the amount i needed to pay off the rest of my debt six thousand just from the from the uh, advertising mm -hmm. very cool i clicked it i monetized it pretty quick and got up to five million views on facebook and it was long it was like 13 minutes long so there's multiple ads in it and people are watching it all the way through and it's getting shared on all these pages the knitting community and i'm blown away and at that point i was and like you it probably felt like man like <laughs> it felt good. i it made didn't, it <laughs> it didn't feel real i was like what because then it says six thousand dollars i'm like that's not real like that, that doesn't make sense to me and i felt bad i was like it's a scam like i'm not gonna get paid and then the month after when it got deposited into my account i was like okay crazy Okay. Yeah, I need to double down on this, right? <laughs> I double, triple down. I'm still homeless. I'm still 
I'm still homeless doing videos out of my car and I just made $6,000. And if it weren't for the previous being homeless and charging coffee to my credit cards, I would have been so bad with $6,000. I would have spent it. Mm -hmm. But now I'm smart about where I'm putting my money and planning that I didn't blow it all. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what if this is the last video I ever get, I'm going to make sure that I make this money last. So that was my mindset. And then it just, you know, from there, that video, you gain 300,000 followers on Facebook. And that's so a lot. Yeah. From one single video. From one video. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. I, I'm still uploading daily. So I upload five other videos and then I upload this Bob Ross video that gets 7 million views. And I'm like, this is happening. I'm like, Mike, I can make a career out of this. And my my biggest fear is I, I studied it and I watched people who would go viral on Facebook. And then what did you do after? Nothing. They didn't make any more videos. And I was like, that's not going to be me. I don't, I don't care if they get tired of me. I'm going to keep uploading. I'm not stopping. And it was pretty consistent. I uh, uploaded that and then the Bob Ross video. And then a week later, I did another video. And then a month later, I did a a spicy ramen video, 15 million views. And I'm like, I'm blown Crazy away. And these videos enough. aren't... Like, those are like serious numbers, like 15 million views. That's fine. Numbers. And, yeah. and they're, not making, they're not making the money that the, the knitting video made. These videos are three minutes long. They're getting, you know, a fraction of the ad sense. And so I'm starting to realize like what's making money, but I'm like, I, I physically can't stretch videos out for the sake of money, comedy over money at this point. Mm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm uploading daily from that point. I, I've devoted myself to daily uploads and I, uh, it settled down a little bit as it does the hype. And I think uh, daily I was making $3, $3 and 30 cents a day, which was enough to buy my rock star to film the video. And, you know, it just, it built, and then now I'm making $7 a day. And then months later, I'm making $27 a day. And and now I make I make really good money. I do what I love. <laughs> and it's all from that consistent daily, daily. Get Just do it daily to get better. Don't do it for them. I'm not making content for you. I'm doing it for me. So I can get better mm -hmm. for you. And, and by the way, I, I love that you're mentioning this because no bullshit, like, I was um, having like a phone conversation with my younger brother and he's like the co-founder in all of our companies. And I was like, man, like we were talking about like we are at a point like my listeners know this, like I've like I've shared thousands of dollars in debt. Now I'm doing pretty well. And we were talking about like all those material things and doing this and doing that. And what do we do after the pandemic and when we can travel and stuff? And I was like, like, man, like, you always have to come back and realize that like the most fulfilling part is I know this sounds crazy when you actually like really need the money. Like I can really relate to people who are like listening to this, like, yeah, Hardy, that's cool for you to say, but, <laughs> but if you have that. like thousands of dollars in debt, like, come on, man. But, but no bullshit. Like I feel you, but, um, but, 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 um, I think that 
after you had like some material success or or, or, or material success, I think you will realize that actually like all those things, they don't really change you at the end of the day. Like it didn't really change me. Like, yeah, it's it's probably uh, was a good feeling to make like six grand here and there. And it was a good feeling to now like really crushing it. But I think you so quickly get used to your new circumstances, if this makes sense. And you quickly get used to like your quote unquote new level of success that I think that most people will actually realize like, yeah, I'm still tormented by the past. I'm still thinking about things that I did, did wrong in past relationships or uh, things that I said in the past that I regret or um, I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. You are, you are still uh, having anxiety about like, oh, yeah, what if my businesses go southways? What if I, I get censored on social media or, or something? Like I think people don't realize that like no matter what the level of wealth is, no matter what the level of fame or success is, I think that people are still like tormented by their mind at, at the end of the day and that that the joy really comes from the work like the content creation like in, in our case like the business gear it's working with clients uh podcasting writing i think this is like the thing that really gives you long-term joy and and i think that uh the material success is like really short-lived i think i agree i I get I get the comments every once in a while where the people are like, "You've changed. You're not you're not as humble anymore," and things like that bother me to the core because if if people knew, I'm wearing the same shirt and pants that I worked in at Yard House. I, these are my work clothes. <laughs> I'm, I wore these to work for five years, and I'm wearing them today on a podcast. <laughs> and my videos get millions of views. I I moved back into the apartment that I lived before I was homeless. Oh, this is the apartment I lived in when I was homeless, before I was homeless. I moved back in just a different number. Mm-hmm. So I I I do have a home now with my with my girlfriend and our child and our pets and after living together in quarantine we needed a bigger space, but for the first two years, I was making more money than I've ever made in my entire life. You know, still making my own coffee and refused to go to Starbucks. I was still wearing the same clothes. I don't buy material things, and I don't think it changes me. I think I the the most I do with my money is I give a lot behind the scenes, and I help a lot of people behind the scenes that I, I don't tell about. I don't want to make videos about. I don't want to make it into content. And that's what that's where my money goes. That's yeah. the one thing that's changed me is the amount I give. That's and powerful. That's very the, powerful. It, it sucks that you will get those things. Like I, you get it all the time. Easy for you to say. Yeah. You, and then they quote where you're at now. Easy for yeah. you to say. Like you you have this beautiful home and family and and then they don't see the homeless lonely. And I, I think like like come on like for everyone who's listening to this like um, I think that there's nothing wrong with people who show off like I, I, I I'm not the guy who has to like upload like uh, an Instagram story like every day of my lifestyle but but I think that I can I get it when people are like 
they are famous YouTubers, famous TikTokers, so they build businesses, and they're proud of that. Like, I think there's nothing proud with doing that. Like, I, I know people who, uh, from, from my home city, uh, who I know from back then, they are also, like, picture uh, taking pictures of their cars. Like, if someone mm -hmm. takes a picture of a normal car or this car, I think there's no difference. Like, why shouldn't you be proud of your car? Why shouldn't you be proud of your family? Why shouldn't you be proud of your accomplishments? I think there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, there are people who are taking it too far. But, um, yeah, like, like I, I t totally get what you are saying. Like, um, I think that th there's, like, a lot of, like, victim mentality. Like, it it's easy for you to say but yeah you haven't watched me like not being able to travel um like you've said like i had countless of times where like people were hitting me up hey let's go sushi and i was like oh yeah i i i want to watch a movie today and 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 like the real reason was like i had no money like like i can relate so to those situation because i have been in them like countless of times and i know how it feels for everyone who's listening to this where you see on instagram everyone is going to this place and everyone is like traveling and going on vacation and you don't have any money to go on vacation like I've been there but I think that you have to realize that quote unquote nothing comes for free like you have to pay the price or you have to put in the work and I think um, you can't expect to to like get handouts, handouts all the time so yeah I agree I uh it's it's a lot of I've never had that like it's not fair feeling I have never had that yeah, like, me other YouTubers like, or yeah it's it's always been I'll have it one day like yeah if you realize <laughs> I I love that <laughs> yeah if you if you realize what it what it took for them like you you could choose anybody I don't care if you hate them yeah choose anybody they went through something to get to where they're at very exactly. few have been giving. You know, they've been given a platform, um, but to keep a platform takes work. I, it, it's just, I think it's very toxic to live in that, like, being jealous of what other people have without striving yourself to get that. Yeah. It's a toxic place to live. And 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 for me, it's, like, always, like, to be honest, like, I was, like, always the kind of guy who saw, like, it's a famous, like, podcast hosts or the famous like business people who had success young and i was like damn like i want that like it was like a, a source of inspiration for me like i was uh, maybe there was like a little bit of, of envy there but it was like basically mainly like really source of inspiration for me like i was like man i want to get there and i'm now like looking up to guys who like for instance i really love dave portnoy and i'm like man mm -hmm. this guy is in his 40s like networks of 100 million super famous on social media crushing it and and i'm like man like i want to be like him when i'm in my 40s so like uh, for me it's like i think it's so silly to be jealous of people i think you are just hurting yourself like um i think it's yeah it's really a useless feeling to be honest like yeah yeah i agree dave pornoy i like him yeah <laughs> good inspiration cool. uh, <laughs> i think um to circle back around an hour yeah. and 24 minutes to answer your first question. <laughs> um, I appreciate you letting me tell my story. I, I, I rarely ever get to tell my story in full and I, I'm proud of it. And I appreciate you giving me the time for it. And, and, and I really, really loved this episode. Like, 
Yeah, like I think that um, people who are going through tough times can really, really relate to this because I think that at the end of the day, yeah, like I think a lot of content creators, they're always about like aspiration, aspiration, aspiration. Like here's my lifestyle, here are the views, here are all the people that I'm connected with. But I think that at the end of the day, it's really about like building connections and it's really about like relating to people. I think this is really what makes people stay. For instance, like all the people that I'm friends with who I've known through the podcast or through business deals, those are the people that I really connected with on personal level. It wasn't about like me being this person or them being that person. It wasn't really about that at all. It was about like, hey, man, like we, we, we view life in the same kind of way. We have like sort of the same opinions and, and we really get along together like well. And I think this is like what really makes uh, connect or builds connections at the end of the day so i agree i think i think connection is is the one thing you need and that's one piece of advice i give to somebody who's wanting to do youtube facebook tiktok is like you you need that connection with your i, I don't like to call them fans but with the people who enjoy your content yes. and i even after you know i so quote unquote made it and mm you know, millions of followers. At that point, I was like, it's not about just making good content. It's about connecting to the people who are watching your content. Mm -hmm. Because if they if they love you for you, they'll watch no matter what. But if they're just watching for this one style of video and they don't care about you, you're going to lose them. And I felt that on a deep level. And I still feel it quite a bit. And I, I need to get back into it. But at some level for... I think it was nine months or so, almost a year, I was uploading a video a day. I'd film a video, edit a video, upload every day, and go live for an hour, seven days a week. Mm. Nothing else happened. If I went to travel with my girlfriend because she had a job, I'd still need a video that day somehow. I'd still need to go live for an hour and talk to everybody. And I think I grew more in that nine months of really getting to know i can tell you things about my the people who watch my content like their families um, mm -hmm. some of them have my personal phone number some of them now work for me and oh that's just from you know building these connections with people and i, I think it's huge and that's one thing people need to really focus on and not just make content for money yeah, totally. Like, for instance, like, um, like I'm approaching like content like very, very differently because I think that most people who get into content, they do it, they do it because they want to be famous or they like obviously they want to make money like creating content. But for me, it was always like. I wanted to supplement my business, if this makes sense. Like I, I use, I, I've used my podcast primarily to to build up like credibility because like before having this podcast and before having all those interviews, when I was like pitching someone like, who is this guy? Like he isn't like really active on any social media. Like, can I trust him? So my approach was very, very different going into and still like creating content. For me, it's really like a source of credibility to to get access to business deals that I wouldn't have like get otherwise but um 
but but having said that i i've realized that yes it's all about building connections and and building connections with the podcast guests and building connections with with the with the listeners because yeah at the end of the day um there's like some 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 guest uh his name is uh brad johnson brad johnson he, he told me like basically if you help enough people to get what they want uh, eventually it all comes back. And I always love that because I think it's so true. Like I can see it everywhere. Like other people who take, for instance, like Tony Robbins, like, man, this guy is like for 40 years straight or something. He is like always doing speaking engagements, always trying to provide value, always doing interviews, always producing content. Look where he's at right now. Like he's probably worth, I don't know, hundreds of millions, super famous everywhere because he really really cares about people and i think you can't fake that i think um like yeah. people are smart enough i think they they can really sense if someone is genuine when someone really is interested in providing value and um yeah i think i think i think that that this is like one of the secrets to success quote unquote i agree i think um my mindset is if, if you want to make a million dollars, then you need to focus on how can I provide a million dollars worth of value? To yes. People. And then that money will come. It, it never focus on the money because yeah. rarely ever. It's a get byproduct. Money. Yep. It's the byproduct. I love that. Um, I'll try to piece it together here really quick. Um, Facebook, my Facebook is, was number one. Like I just did Facebook for a while. And I, I think after a couple months, the knitting video popped up on Reddit, which led people to my YouTube. Um, and that's when I was filming vertical because Facebook really promotes vertical video. Mm -hmm. And that video popped up on YouTube as well. And it was vertical. And I got all, all these comments like, yeah, because I have a computer screen that does 19 to ratio. And I'm like, okay, I don't need that. <laughs> so I switched my content to horizontal. And I was like, I'm just, no matter what, I don't want to miss out again on, you know, YouTube popping off. So I'd post every day on, on both. Yeah. And it, nothing really popped off on YouTube. It wasn't like, oh, you have this massive video and here's all, all these followers. It's been a slow, I say slow, but you know, nearly 3 million, but that's been, you know, 10 years up to this point. So it's been a super slow growth. TikTok was, um, yeah. Like how did TikTok work for you? Like, I don't think you have like 6 million on TikTok. Like that's crazy huge. It's yeah. The, it's my biggest platform, 6.2 million on TikTok. And I, I called it, I think it was 2018 early 2019 when, and it was popping off then, but I, I saw all these YouTubers making videos, making fun of TikTok. And they were saying like, they, they would just like cringe. They didn't have TikTok. They didn't want to be on TikTok. They were making fun of it. And I would watch that and I was like, there's a lot of attention going on TikTok. And I was like, I, yeah. I need to be, I need to be in it. So my content, is, I try to make it for everyone. So, mm -hmm. I do, I do have, you know, women who are 80, 90 years old who love the knitting, but stayed for me. And I have the kids who are seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 
who watched me explode stuff in my kitchen. So mm-hmm. I knew I knew I could make TikTok blow up. So I I promoted it heavy on Facebook. I was like, follow me on TikTok, and they were like, what's TikTok? And I was just posting videos, and then I just started posting one minute clips of my daily video. So I wasn't making new content for TikTok. I was just reposting a minute clip down. Ah, you were just reposting on TikTok. Very, very smart. So, but yeah. but probably it also took work like editing and stuff and and getting the highlights right. But yeah, um, it's it it was my mindset was I I don't have because I was doing the daily video daily live. Like how 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 many videos do you have like currently on TikTok? Like how many clips? Like two hundred or probably more, probably. Probably two to three hundred. My goal was to post daily there, too, but I was still juggling doing all these things. So I was like, the least I can do is clip down my video every day, send it to TikTok. If it works, it works. I'm not worried about it. I'm not focused on it, but I will be there. People will see my face. And go ahead. I, I think it's super smart because I always like to say like uh, money follows attention, like advertisers, people who want to do brands, like it, they know that if they can get their product in front of a certain audience, they will make sales. So um, I think it's very smart if you're like a content creator to, to follow the attention. You should be always following the attention. I think uh, people who are making fun of those TikTokers, I think that's stupid like why shouldn't they like jump on the bandwagon build up their brand uh while while it's quote-unquote like probably a lot less competition and easier compared to like in five years or something where it will be now still hard to be famous and popular on tiktok but in five years it it's probably impossible. So uh, like, like, like it's on Instagram. I think that a lot of people who want to blow up now on Instagram, they realize it's very, very tough due to the algorithm and stuff. So, but please continue. So you hit the, you hit the nail on the head. That was, that was my whole mindset because I was like early YouTubers. Some of them are are not that entertaining, but they get 20 million followers (laughs) because they're there. There's no one else. And I'm, I'm won't mention names here. <laughs> I won't mention names. And I, I was watching TikTok, and I was like, I'm spending a lot of time on here, and none of these are interesting to me. I was like, I'm not entertained by kids dancing. I'm not entertained by their humor at this point. I'm like, why am I on it? And I was like, I, I got to get on. And I was telling everybody, everybody on my team. I told my girlfriend. I told uh, my friend Cameron at the time. I was like, you need to be on TikTok. I was like, because it's it's going to be YouTube in the sense yes. that it's going to be easy to grab attention now, but in three years, you're not going to be able to break Good the scene. Luck. And I was like, I'm just going to post. And my first video popped off. My first video, you know, four hundred thousand views. And and, and 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 I have to say, like. It's probably I, I, what I always think it's fascinating is because at this point where you are jumping onto like a new platform, I think that you can approach it from a completely different angle than some twenty-year-old kid, right? Because because you have this experience, like you yeah. you've already had like videos having. 20 million views, 50 million views, 10 million views, like, you know how to get the attention, right? You know how to, like, get the engagement. So so I think it's probably also, like, very, very different from, like, 
like working your way up to those high numbers than to like going into a platform with your experience that you're having, right? So true. I if someone came up to me and they they asked, "How do I build a successful TikTok?" I would say, "I don't know. I didn't build one. I I was I moved people to one." Ah, okay. 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 Ask ask yeah. me how to build a successful Facebook. I can tell you that. Successful yeah. YouTube. I can tell you that. I built those. Uh, so so basically, what you are saying, you weren't like really gaining a lot of people. Obviously, you gained also a lot of people from TikTok, but you move people a lot over. So because I saw it, you knew how to like get all the TikTok people uh, hooked onto your stuff. Yeah, I I knew early on that when it comes to content, it's watch time. If people mm-hmm. are engaging with your content, so I knew early on if I move people from Facebook over to TikTok, which I had a couple hundred thousand pretty quick. I knew if I could do that, and then if I posted something, they're going to watch it, and it's going to get pushed out, and that would help it grow. So I, I have a successful TikTok because I was successful before it. I didn't build it. So I, I, never, I never claimed to build a good successful TikTok, even though it's the most successful out of all of them. Um, I, at some level, I just found out like what videos they want to see. So I kind of stopped posting every day and I would post the videos that I knew they would want to see the explosions. You know, I'd get 15, 20 million views on those. And yeah, I think TikTok was the easiest to build, but I I had a platform already, but I I was smart enough to know the early bird gets the worm because there's a lot of people complaining now they they're like like my videos aren't doing as well and i'm like it's not it's not all your content is bad like people say it's not all it's not all because your content's bad one change change up your content a little but two it's not it's not late 2018 it's not early 2019 anymore it's not yes. you post a video and you get 400,000 views from strangers yeah. it's not it's not like that anymore there's hundreds of millions more people watching now the competition is it's too thick and um because you you were talking like a half an hour ago so much about finance business and you were hinting at the point of like you really want to like go to the next level like what are your plans so 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 how are you thinking about your brand because like you're super young like you're also like uh, 29 or something right like um not even 30 so like you're super super young in the game um you have like a lot of leverage right now like i think if you are in your 20s and you have like millions of followers you obviously have a shit ton of leverage so so how do you want to use that leverage and uh, how do you want to go from here to there and what are your next plans so Honestly, I I like the idea of doing my own thing. So it would be easier for me now to get into acting if I wanted to do it. Yes. Um, I, I can be honest with myself and say I'm not great at it. I didn't put the practice in to be great at acting. Um, so it wouldn't be smart for me to do that. And I like to make my own comedy. So I don't I don't see myself straying too far from YouTube. Um, whatever the next platform is, TikTok, anything like that. I just want to make good content, but I want to be at the top. I want to, 
you know, I want to have the hundred million engaged followers. I, w- I yes. want all of that, obviously. So I, I rarely I love ever that mindset. I love that mindset because like so so many people wouldn't like they they are thinking that, but they would never share it publicly. So like like yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I always want to do more, be more, reach more people. Yeah. Um, certain okay. people are gonna get bored of my content and leave, but new people come in, and I'm aware of these things. And I see other YouTubers who reach a certain level of success. And now they're like, oh, now I want to go try music. Now I have I have 20 million people. I can do music and make all this money, or I can do boxing now, or I can I'm gonna go do movies. And I'm like, shots Honestly, fired. A little bit of shots fired. And I hope yeah. I don't look back on this in two years and I'm doing movies and boxing. But uh, that will be funny. I think I think they. I don't think it was a bad decision on their end. I think they're leveraging towards nah, what no, they no, no. do. I think if they want to go do their own TV show, they have the leverage to make that happen. But I do notice eventually they come back and then their audience isn't there anymore. It's not engaged. It's lower numbers. It's you have this smaller group. When I'm like, I never, I never want to leave that. I want to constantly build that. I want to eventually get to the point where and this is a little different from what other people want. I do want 100 million followers. That's that's a personal goal. But I also want to be able to go on a live and talk, see one person comment and say, hey, how's your brother been after the accident? How's your mom doing? How'd that job interview go? Love that. I want that. So I don't, I don't see me having that, going to do music again or pursuing the boxing or doing mainstream movies I, you don't have that in-home connection and that's what i'm looking for um, I, i'm paraphrasing here but i think warren buffett said that uh something along the lines of like you never want to stop the, the flow of compounding or something like that and i think that yes i think there are so so many youtubers who become complacent or even business owners who are making good money and they become complacent. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like do whatever you want to, but I think you have to realize that there are like real consequences to that. And I think like you are in the perfect position right now to like really, really grow because I think like, I always think it's funny because I think like the, the average person views something as uh, someone like you and they say, think that you are at the end of the journey, right? Like you have like six million followers here, three million here, four million here. And I'm viewing people like they were like, man, this guy hasn't even started yet. Like, like he's in his 20s. Like, man, like what can happen? Like, uh, I think people can, can, can't really wrap their mind around like, what can happen if you have like a couple of million followers being in your 20s and then what can happen in five years 10 years 15 years like i think like people who are like so successful at like this age i really think that they can become like mega stars and i think like most people don't view it that way like um so so yeah i really love your plans yeah i think i think it's just not lack of vision and just lack of goals because mm-hmm. and and it's not i know it kind of comes off when i say it like it's a bad thing it's a bad thing for me to go do these things i don't think i think it's genius like i think logan paul is genius 
And I get yeah. a lot of hate for it. The man's a genius from shifting his content and then shifting his content and then shifting his content and then maintaining while doing all these things. And I respect that. And if, you know, certain people, I know one of my favorite of all time creators, Julian Smith, mm-hmm. genius. He quit, he quit doing YouTube, which he was super popular to pursue directing and making movies. And that's what he enjoys. And no matter what, he's always going to do that. I think that's a smart move. That's what he was building up to. Mm-hmm. But I think people get to say, you know, two, three million followers on YouTube. They get to that point. They're making the money and they're like, I made it. Like I can do anything and it'll always be there. I'm a famous person. Yeah. And they don't, I, I just don't think they've made a goal past their ultimate goal. And yeah. that's, that's scary. Cause then you, it looks, you're on top of the world for a while because you're maintaining, but then but like, as slowly, you go, slowly, slowly, yeah. Like age, you barely see the wrinkles come. Yeah. So I, I applaud people who've done it well. And Mr. Beast I believe is the best at it. He knows exactly where he wants to go, even though he's on top. And it's yeah, not leaving he, you. He is like really kicking ass right now. Like, um, and 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 yes, like I really really love your mindset because like you're so open about your dreams. You're so open about your goals, and I think you're really setting an example here for everyone who is listening to this because uh, I really have the same mindset. Like I can. I understand people who become complacent, like I've said, but um, for me, like, I'm also thinking about, like, how can I grow? How can I grow? How can I grow? Because uh, I think that at the end of the day, like, no matter what kind of goal you hit, I think you will end up, like, wanting to go to the next level. Like, I, I never felt, like, what, no matter, like, what kind of goal I achieved, I never felt, like, okay, like, I'm done now. Like, this is it. Like, <laughs> like so, 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 Um, I think that, that, there's like real, real happiness in like continuously, uh, continuously growing and, 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 and like, like moving on to the next level. But, but um, what would you say to, to like give, give our listeners something actionable here as well? Uh, what would you say to someone who is like maybe a beginner when it comes down to creating content and who looks up to people like you and who wants to get big and what would you tell because i know for a fact we have like also listeners who are also doing already doing quite well maybe they have i like big on social media or they have a big business like what would you tell them like what would you tell beginners and people who are like at your level who are like already having some sort of success or big success like what would you tell both both of those perfect um for the beginner I would say you you don't really know what you want yet. That you if you want to be a successful YouTuber, you don't know what that looks like yet. And if you do, great. But for the majority of people, you don't know what that looks like. The the best thing you can do is practice. And YouTube is one of those one of those careers where you can't practice alone. It's like stand up. You can't practice in your home. You don't know if the jokes work. You need to practice <laughs> in front of people. And that's why very few succeed in stand-up. And the same thing with YouTube. It's, you have, you got to film today. If, you, if you're listening to this and you want to do YouTube and you have an hour, 30 minutes, 20 minutes, three and a half minutes of extra free time today, 
and you don't film, you, 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 every day you tell yourself that you're not good enough or you can't do it. I would say just start because for the first two years, for the first seven for me, nobody's going to watch. Nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody wants to hear your story. But you're not posting <laughs> for them. That sounds super harsh. And it really is. Uh, but it, it, no one cares. And I knew that. And I know now, even at my level, no one cares. Like, I, I have to upload for me to practice. If you're not good in front of the camera, that's an art. That is not something you're born with. I went back and looked at my older videos and I was cringing hard. I yeah, that. like you don't want to do that. Like I can relate no. to this. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I've even deleted like my, my first YouTube videos and stuff. Like I was like, man, like <laughs> I, I can't let anybody you, know this. <laughs> no, I guarantee you your first podcast, you were not this personable. You were not this smooth, uh, you this not suave, at, guiding. Not at all. It's not in you. Not at all. It, it never, it might be, but you, you worked for this. And that's that's what I think people have to get past. YouTube is not given. Nothing. None of it. Editing is not given. Being good in front of a camera is not given. It's practiced. So being being able for me to turn the camera on and to improv for 30 minutes and get a solid three-minute video that goes 20 million views, if it was in me, I would have done it 10 years ago, not practiced mm -hmm. for 10 years for it to happen. So if you're beginning, just do it. Don't focus on the money. Get two jobs to support doing YouTube. And then eventually YouTube will support you. So do that. If, if someone's in my position where they've made it, they, they kind of have a, a thing going, I would say don't, don't be afraid of change. I think that's the scariest thing for someone in my place. I can so relate to this. Like, <laughs> I can really please continue, but I can already relate to this. <laughs> you know, I think the downfall of many is lack of change. And true, innovation and is so important. Innovation is is key. You can't. If I was still making knitting videos, <laughs> two and a half, three years later, it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be where it's at. It has to evolve. You have, that's why I did daily. It's statistics. Yeah. I mean, everybody's like, you have all these viral videos. And I'm like, well, you post once every two weeks. I post sometimes twice a day. I have, I have better analytics. I know exactly what they're going to watch because I've failed more than you have. So don't get stuck in, in, a, in one thing. I've, I've been the knitting guy. And I broke away from that. And I was the Bob Ross guy. I broke away from that. I was the spicy food eating guy. I broke away from that. I'm the tarantula guy. I broke away from that. I'm the five-minute craft guy. I'm currently the five-minute craft guy. But pe people have to realize I'm going to break away from that. And I'm going to be something else later. Do those things, and you'll have continued success.
I uh, like like I I always ask like five questions at the end, but I just have to throw in my opinion here as well because I just really really love what you said, brother. Because I can like really really relate to this. Like I was thinking about my own personal journey, like with this podcast, for instance. Like I'm now doing this for two years, and um, like at first I was like always very very quiet because I was like, man, like I'm talking to like business owners who are doing hundreds of millions. Like what do I know, right? And 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 I had like a very different style when it comes down to interviews. And I wasn't like talking to people that I'm talking now because like at this point I'm only inviting people where I'm really, really excited to talk to them. Like today, like I was super excited to talk with you. And I, I really only want to like I was back then also talking to people like um, that I really love talking to, but um, I was like interested in different stuff. And I had like very different topics to what I'm talking now on the podcast. And now it's much more about business, much more about like influencers, people who are producing content, much more about people who have like an acting career or are into music and stuff or comedy. So all the topics that I'm really, really now interested in. But I think it's so important to always remind ourselves that it's okay when like a year later, I feel like shifting the podcast again, the focus of the podcast. If I want to talk about more about investing or like if I want to talk more about like this or that, I think there's a time and place for everything. And I think people really realize that everyone is changing, like they are changing, that their friends and their spouse uh, is changing. I think it's totally fine also when content creators are changing. Like you said, like Logan Paul, he he switched up his, his content style and you can see it in countless of other like content producers who like are not nowadays like really producing very different content and like you've said i also think it's a key to success for instance if i would be selling the same stuff that i was selling like five years ago like man like i, I would still be thousands of dollars in debt so <laughs> true yeah, yeah I, I think this. if i try to i had a thought but i don't know how to narrow it down of like changing. I, I think a lot of people are afraid of change because they'll say, this is what my audience wants. Yeah. And I think you kind of have to focus on what you want and because they'll feel that. So if, if I stayed in, in the knitting thing, yeah, I would have had a successful career. But you have to think there's something, there's always something else bigger. So if you're doing mm. a certain thing and you're like, this is what my audience wants, either you're going to lose those people and some might follow you, but there may be a bigger audience for the thing you're going for. And this applies, uh, and this applies, I think to everything, like to everything, like, because like, for instance, like I had like businesses or products or services that I sold, they were doing quite well, but I was like, always like, there's a better way. There's a better yeah. way. There's a better way. And I'm so glad that I still have this mindset. And, 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 and I'm like always also talking to my team or to my brother. And I'm like, Hey, like, even if this next thing works, Trust me, there must be a better way. And I think this is how you really create success. Because I think, yeah, like you said, too many people get caught up in the analytics, get too much caught up in the numbers. They think, okay, now they got something. But yeah, you're like really like me. You're always thinking there has to be a better way. There, there is a way to tap into an even bigger audience. There is a way to even create uh, videos who get even more hits than 20 million. So, so um, true. Yeah. You're spot on. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, where can people connect with you on the social webs, uh, follow you, uh, work with you, and so on and so forth? I'm Brandon Ferris. I am B-R-A-N-D-O-N-F-A-R-R-I-S. Everything. TikTok, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> YouTube. Everything's the same. Super So, uh, got it. Um, first question. What are the three books um, that had the greatest influence on your life? I mentioned this earlier, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yes. Great title. <laughs> Great title. Uh, the Four-Hour Workweek, Tim Ferriss. Mm -hmm. Great book, yeah. Great book. And then Awaken the Giant Within, Tony Robbins. Mm. Shout, shout out to, to Tony. <laughs> shout out to Tony. Uh, when you uh, mentioned him, I was like, yes. <laughs> Second question, uh, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? The Prestige, favorite movie of all time, Christopher ah, Nolan. Yes. Beautiful movie. Inception, also Christopher Nolan. Yes. And then Kung Pao, which is a, a parody of like a, a 60s, 70s Kung, Kung Fu movie. And it's it's probably the funniest, stupidest movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Got it. Um, third question. Uh, what, is, what are the three most useful products or services that you have bought in recent memory? I can only think of two in, in their services, but I'm not sure if there are services in the way you mean it. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is when I when I hired someone to clean up my messes. I think that's been the, the biggest help on my stress. Yeah. And then um, actually paying for a chiropractor mm -hmm. as has helped my health more than anything else that I can think of. And without those two things, I would be a, a stressed out mess. <laughs> uh, is there a thing that comes to mind? I'm not really materialistic. I, Maybe I apps. Say, people also mention apps like Uber Eats. Like there a, lot, a lot of people mention things like Uber Eats. I'll, so, I'll take uh, Postmates. I don't like going out. Okay. <laughs> talking to people. <laughs> Postmates is great for me. <laughs> Got it. Uh, fourth question. Uh, most important revelations that you've had in the last couple of years? And keep in mind, guests mentioned deeply personal things uh, when it comes down to family, relationships, uh, yeah, finances, business, so whatever you feel comfortable sharing with us. Um, I would say everything that happens in my life is my fault yeah. in the sense of 100% responsibility. So I, I think that's really huge. If something goes wrong in my life, it's because I did certain things to lead me to that. So I have no one else to blame except for myself for 99.9% of everything that happens. I think that's yeah. a big um, What I learned biggest revelation of being homeless is you can live on a lot less than what you think awesome. when when you have nothing to your name money clothes material and you find happiness there there's something in that it's powerful um and i i think i talked about it earlier but with the compound effect one of my biggest revelations is if there's something that i want or i want to do and I, I do consistent things daily to achieve that, then I will. And I know that. 
And that's been, I think, the guiding guiding principle of my life. Got it. Um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? You're on the right track. <laughs> Just keep doing it. Got it. I think I did everything right. Friend, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for like sh sharing your story very, very in depth with us, like having nothing back, uh, giving it, uh, being very like um, open about like everything that happened to you and, and, and everything you've went through and sharing your advice with our listeners. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you for letting me tell my story again. I, I really appreciate it. You, you, the easiest person I've ever talked to podcast wise, just <laughs> you're doing great. I really appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, brother.